All right, welcome back to another episode of Liberty Alliance Network's What Can We Do? Uh, today I am joined by Voluntarism in Action, uh, the Assistant Director, Justin Glassman. Justin, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate yeah. it. So um, <clears throat> I think we we have Tom, Tom Woods to thank for this kind of uh, indirect interaction because actually I think were you the one did were you on the podcast with Tom or was it somebody else no that it was, was on? Uh, Logan and Jeff were on with Tom um, okay. Logan's always been a, a huge Tom Woods fan the moment he saw that that interview was coming up he's actually called that from the beginning <laughs> yeah yeah so <clears throat> and then yeah so I heard that and I can't remember if I already knew about you guys or if, I think I did because I think I was excited when you guys were on the show. And then, um, so then fast forward to just a few weeks ago or a couple months ago, I guess, at Tom Wood School of Life, and I did my man on the street interviews. And I managed to snag Tom for like five, six minutes just to kind of get his quick take on what can we do? What are we doing about all this? And of course, he, he pointed back to the homeschooling thing and obviously his own new program, School of Life. And then um, it was sort of indirectly referenced in a uh, MeWe post by somebody in your organization. So that's why I was like, whoa, hey, you, that's that's my interview, you know, that you all are talking about. So I said, let's uh, let's chat. So anyway, I uh, thank Tom Woods for our indirect meeting. But um, I want to kind of start at the beginning. Um, volunteerism in action. First of all, what is volunteerism? And then what is, how does that segue into volunteerism in action? Because not everybody might know, not know that term. Uh, well, voluntarism is uh, based do you say on... Do you say voluntarism? I guess there's kind of a, a, you know, different ways, kind of like agorism. Agor right. <laughs> potato, potato, tomato, tomato. Uh -huh. uh, in fact, for a while, I think we had an argument on how it was actually spelled because mm -hmm. if you go online i think there's different spellings for it but the uh, general idea of voluntarism is basically all interactions in between individuals should be completely voluntary and to the benefit of both uh whether that be you know you're, you're buying groceries uh or um helping your your neighbor down the street uh that it all should be voluntary there should be no force there um, which kind of goes against uh, a lot of the ways that we live life today uh, between, you know, uh, with government, local, be that state, federal, um, uh, with the, you, you've got for health care, you got the Obamacare, you've got, uh, and it seems like every single chance that the government tries to step in and help somebody, they fumble the ball. And that's where... Uh, we tried to come in with voluntarianism in action. We wanted to actually put the philosophy uh, to work. And we do that in, in several different ways. We've got uh, uh, our programs, whether that's the uh, urban development, uh, one that we're running right now uh, for helping homeschooled families. Uh, it's an education drive. Um, we've also got um, urgent needs and disaster relief. Whenever a particular disaster comes along, and there's been several that we've helped with, with tornadoes, the the big wildfire that was in Australia a few years back, uh, that was a really big one for us. Uh, and a lot of times we'll just we try to help the ones that are actually on the ground instead of sending it to like the Australian government. 
we know what's going to happen with that, uh, the majority of that money. It, it doesn't matter if it's government here or somewhere like Australia or we've we've also got a program for in Africa where we fund a a whole school in Sierra Leone. Now that's all done through cryptocurrency. Mm, well, yeah, and that's something else that we try to push that not only uh is our idea of everything being voluntary in between individuals, how that's a better means of helping people, but technology has actually gotten better to where we can do things without government as well. Mm-hmm. That's it's, really it's, neat. I didn't realize I didn't realize you had uh, that crypto part of it. So that's kind of like a a unique selling proposition, I suppose. Um, I'm kind of, I mean, as much as I, uh, I've heard about and I've listened to podcasts, I have not gotten into crypto and, uh, it's just above, it's above my pay grade. So I just, no, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So, so how long have you guys been, been going? Tell me, uh, tell me your origin story a little bit. Uh, I believe Logan and I kind of took over VIA late 2018, uh, probably more so towards the beginning of 2019. Um, so we've been doing this for a few years now. Um, since we took over, we've become a 501c3. Uh, as much as that pill was sour when we tried to swallow that one. Um, but And we knew that in order to make, to be able to grow and help as many people as we could, unfortunately, we were going to have to bite that bullet. So we did. Um, so and, and, and just explain because I, I I probably know where you're coming from. I, I don't have a strictly libertarian audience, so basically you didn't want to have like permission from the state or be kind of financially um, entwined with the IRS and things like that. Is that what you're getting at with that? Yeah, but a lot of that we and not to mention there's a lot of regulations and stuff that mm-hmm. that come into play that we've got to make sure that we adhere to. Mm-hmm. Um, now you know, don't get me wrong. Our, our team is a, a, a great group of uh, people. Uh, I don't believe in uh, at any moment that they would misuse any of the funds that any, anybody's come in. But that's that's sort of why we did the 501c3 thing so that people weren't like, oh, you guys are just raising money for your own pockets. No, we're, we're actually adhering to these rules. We, I believe we actually have a golden seal of approval from a uh, – Oh, it's a website that that rate ranks um, nonprofits. Mm-hmm. We've had that for two years now. Um, Candid. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. I believe That's so. It. Can't. Well, it's on your. I'm on your website. Candid, I think, or charity. Was it Candid or Charity Navigator? Either yeah, one. Charity Navigator. That's what it was. Yeah, that's it. They gave us a gold seal. Yeah. And I believe that's two years in a row, which is which is nice. Uh-huh. We like to have that. That way, everybody knows. You know, if, if you send money to us, we're we use it to help it, as many people as we can. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, <clears throat> tell me, like, how do you find your your causes, and and who brings, who decides, and how many causes are you trying to? Do you have like a niche? Is it just anything? I know you said you got something in Africa. You've got homeschool groups. You do disaster relief. How do you kind of pick and choose which causes you support? Well. Part of being a, a 501c3, we have to have certain uh, uh, programs that we adhere to, and we try to stick within those uh, programs. Um, for
for instance, we recently had one uh, because of the Roe v. Wade situation or uh, decision that came down a couple months ago. Um, we weren't trying to make a stance on it one way or the other. All we wanted to do was help babies. And I'm pretty sure the name of the actual campaign was totally neutral. We just want to help babies fund. Um, and we were able to raise a decent amount of money with that. And we, uh, I want to say, helped somewhere between 50 and 60 families uh, with newborns. Uh, with And each one got close to probably two months worth of diapers, wipes. Uh, formula has been very hard to come by. Oh, yeah. Uh, we were able to do a lot of that. Uh, as well, but uh, back to your original question, we have to, we kind of have to stick by those, but occasionally something will come up that doesn't necessarily fit within those uh, niche of programs, and so we do what we call a uh, community cause. We have the VIA community, and it's it's basically a lot of our heart, more hardcore supporters, and we'll share things within that, and that's a lot of, it's usually some some somebody's child has a, a particular health problem or there's been an accident or sometimes it's just somebody needs help keeping the lights on and we'll have uh, members within our community that will donate directly to those people so it's it's um when it comes to picking actual campaigns and things to do it's quite difficult um because makes there's so many who makes that decision? Is it like you, do you have a team meeting or is it something you kind of crowd, like uh, get ideas from, from your Facebook page or is it kind of strictly in-house? How do you find out? What do you, how do you decide? A lot of times it's, it's more, more so in-house. Uh, sometimes it can be depending on uh, if something big happens. Like there's been a couple of situations where, uh, an F5 tornado has gone through a town somewhere in Oklahoma. Okay. Or it's gone through a string of states. Well, we, we right afterwards, we're trying to raise money to help those that were affected. Um, and sometimes it's spur of the moment like that. Other times it's, um, we will discuss it amongst ourselves as a team, especially if it's more of a hot topic one, like the one uh, that we had recently after the Roe v. Wade situation or decision, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's all kind of hit or miss. Yeah. But we always, before we, before we launch anything, it's always, it, we have to make sure we can improve it and that it meets within certain criteria. Mm-hmm. So uh, you're kind of an offshoot of, um, something that was started initially by being libertarian. Is that correct? Yes, ma'am. And you know when and when you were t- telling me about it, it actually reminded me too of uh, Liberty Memes. Do you remember Liberty Memes? Yeah, yeah. And they were doing their dollar charity or their five dollar charity or whatever. And I don't know, I mean, which came first, but you know, all of a sudden you started seeing these Facebook groups in the libertarian world that were, um, you know, trying to step up and 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 crowdfund needs for char- charity. Um, and that's kind of where, I don't know, again, who got, do you know who started it? <laughs> I, I don't know if it was Chip or uh, if it was somebody that preceded me over at BL or Being Libertarian. Uh-huh. Um, I, I wish I could give, or it might have been Caitlin. I, I really wish I could give the credit where it was due. Mm-hmm. But we had kind of, uh, Logan and I 
took it from what they had built, which was, you know, it was a, oh, they had a web page built and things of that nature, which, which was good. They, they gave us a great starting point. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were just able to kind of blow it up more from there. I think since, since we've started, we've raised over $300,000, raised and dispersed over $300,000. That's amazing. Which, yeah. I've never even seen 300 grand in my life, <laughs> let alone being able to do something like, uh, this which has been absolutely amazing it definitely gets it's a great dopamine high i'll say that Mm -hmm. so then uh, you and logan kind of you took it from being libertarian and they whatever they had initially started tell me what um what were your next steps how what did you have a game plan i mean did you were you just kind of like okay what do we do now did either of you have any experience with doing this or what was your thought process how did you manage that no, I definitely didn't have any experience of this. And to be honest with you, um, Logan has done a lot of the more the like he he was the one that got the five hundred one c three status. Mm-hmm. So glad he he's willing to take all the paperwork. Mm-hmm. It's been awesome. He's he's great at that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. And I've done more so of behind the scenes managing people. Um, we've had a lot of help along the way. You spoke with Jeff. Mm-hmm. Jeff is his wife amazing. If I wasn't like 33 years old and mm-hmm. already had my own family, I would ask them to adopt me. <laughs> uh, they they're amazing people, and they've kind of they've been with us uh, there pretty much so uh, since the beginning. Um, we were also able to pick up uh, another important member, Callie. She's uh, done a lot of like all of our graphic design work, all done by her, and these are all folks that. They had some experience, you know, before they came in, um, but they've really grown along the way and helped us get to the point that we are today. It, there's, without some of these people that we've been able to bring on, there's no way we would have got this far. Yeah. Are any of you paid? Is this anybody's full-time job or are you all just volunteers trying to work together oh, for a common cause or? I would love to say that this was a full-time job. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I would love that. Mm-hmm. Um on some of us uh we do because we've had it we've been in for so long um and because uh of how much work that we've all put in there are some of us that are paid uh, a very minimal amount but very when i say minimal it's like um probably maybe enough to cover somebody's gas mm-hmm. for a month or something but mm-hmm. that's that's pretty much it. Now we, we have those that have been there for a long time. Um, I would say maybe about half, uh, are getting actual paid the rest volunteers. Mm -hmm. Um, and we try to, we really try to juggle the ball because we have to make sure that the majority of the money that's actually coming in is going exactly to what we say it's going to. Uh, but we also have to be able to grow and keep the lights on uh, and be able to keep the talent that we've that we've been able to bring in. Uh, we found out after about a year or so uh, of doing this, um, we would bring great people on. They would do great work for a little while. And then sometimes just life kind of gets in the way. Mm-hmm. And so folks would fall off. So we've been trying to find a way to uh, really keep team members that are key. Uh, to what we do over here at VIA. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I see that. Uh, I mean, just from my own perspective, I'm a, I'm a one woman show here. I mean, um, just trying to. I think we're all just trying to do what we can to advance the ball for liberty and uh, making. I mean, it's a it's obviously a passion for you. It's been a passion for me for a long time. And um, uh, and like you said, I think um, what happened. Um, and you guys were started before COVID, but what I saw a lot of during COVID was like the libertarians, I think, dropped the ball, you know, in a lot of ways where um, they, after all the years of railing against the state and, you know, screw this and tyranny and mandates. And then as soon as we've got the biggest tyrannical power grab in our lifetimes, nobody, they were like nowhere to be found. It was like crickets. So that's. Well, that's what prompted me to start this. Cause I'm like, well, uh, so, cause I was, I didn't see anybody doing anything at that. Nobody on our side was organizing anything. So I'm like, all right, well, I guess I gotta be the one like in, in what you said about volunteerism in action, it's about learning how to, to walk the walk and not just talk the talk because, yep. you know, we talk a good game about helping each other and we want to, um, not have to have the state be a middleman between our interactions, you know, telling us, you know, we can't drink the raw milk from the farmer. We don't need the state in, in between us there um, telling us what we can and can't put into our body, telling us how to educate our kids. There's no reason why the state needs to be involved in this transaction, talking about it all day long and that the way that we can better provide services um, other, you know, outside of government. Um, but yet, very few of us have ever actually put that into action. And yeah, so that I, I agree a hundred percent. And that's why like even during COVID we were doing things to help. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that t- at that time we had somebody on the team that had a 3D printer and he was 3D printing off uh, face shields. Oh wow uh, to doctors um, in the state of Ohio. Uh, we also had a food drive that we ran for uh, because you know some kids their lunch they get from the school five days a week and and not on the weekends and because that happens in a lot of places we started a food drive and we're trying to help families feed their kids uh that were used to relying on those school lunches and sometimes after school lunches mm-hmm. or meals like that um and so that's that's what we really try to not only project but like you said uh to walk that walk and to show that it can be done uh and if i i promise if we can do it it's uh, other people out there can do the same exact thing mm-hmm. and i take it probably everybody in in your network because i was uh, on your website and you actually i mean well you have a team which is which is great i mean i'm looking at like oh they've got like six people or however many people that that are kind of like more or less dedicated. I don't want to say full time, but at least dedicated no, no. to this effort. Um, but uh, how do you, you know, like when you, t- but I suppose everybody's geographically, you know, scattered. Yeah, yeah. It, actually, I think within the last, maybe the last six months, it seems to have been that more have happened to come to Georgia. We've had, um, because I'm based in central Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Callie, who just, I believe, moved back to central Georgia. Mm-hmm. We have another one that uh, lives up near the Atlanta area. Uh, his name's DJ. DJ runs all of our Facebook stuff. He's another key mm-hmm. uh, person. Um, now, the Perrys, they just moved 
from California to somewhere else. But yeah, a lot we're all kind of scattered scattered around. We're not all hanging out in one town. Um, it's it makes some things difficult, but other times uh, it's kind of cool to see how our team members help so many people across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, so like when you're talking about like the COVID school lunches, um, which was a great idea, how did you decide where, like what community, was it one community? How did you decide who's going to get these school lunches and like what? Well, because of, because we're all kind of scattered uh, throughout, it's very hard for us to uh, come together and actually um, throw, uh, what's, what's the way to put it? Uh, like a lunch giveaway or something of that nature. Uh-huh. Uh, so what we tend to do is we'll have folks, you know, reach out to us. We'll online, we'll say, hey, if, if you're struggling uh, due to COVID um, and your kids are uh, stuck at home, look, reach out to us, we'll help you out. Uh-huh. And so we'll either ship goods or we'll sometimes uh, send like Visa cards or something of that nature. Uh, and we always have people like verify identity uh proof of need and uh-huh. sorry something popped up uh proof of need and uh, th- that way we know that the money that we send out to people is getting used for what it's supposed to get used for uh-huh. uh we try to trust everyone but you you just can't do that uh, it's 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 not possible have you uh, uh, have you gotten kind of burned a couple times Maybe or scammed, maybe. I wouldn't say we've gotten burned or scammed. Um, and I don't, I don't want to besmirch anyone. We've had re- uh, repeat requesters. Um, I think that's about the worst that's ever happened. But we mm-hmm. we pay really good attention to that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, that way we don't have anybody that we're you know. My kid needs a laptop for school, and it's getting sold the next day. Right. Uh, yeah. But that's, that's the kind of thing that we always try to avoid, and our team is awesome at that. Awesome. They'll a lot of times they'll catch them before I do. Yeah. So, so how do you do, how do you find the recipients? Do they come to you? Do I mean how do you put out a calling? I mean, you just put out a social media post, or how do you find yeah, lot, these people? A lot of times, it's, it but it depends on you know it depends on the um, uh, the type of fundraiser or what we were doing. But like this last one that we did for the uh, the mothers uh, mothers in need, mm-hmm. when they we did a post, and I believe somebody shared it actually in like a local area because we ended up shipping a lot of them out to Oregon. <laughs> Uh, but we, we encourage all of that. We actually, um, we encourage our team members. If you know somebody that's actually in need, by all means, tell them to apply or we'll do, uh, like I mentioned, the social media posts, um, word of mouth. Uh, it's, it just kind of varies. Mm -hmm. And so I guess you have to solicit donations then you, you get people to donate, and then probably because of your 501c3, you're kind of um, very restricted on on the ways that you can receive the funds and how you can disperse them. Like you might have to have them into some sort of a special dedicated account or something um, is, is probably, I guess, my guess. Um, so I guess you just have to do a lot of fundraising. Again, are you putting the word out via social media? Are you doing anything special? How are you getting the word out? 
a lot of our fundraising, or I would say the majority of it comes through social media, uh, especially more so at our beginning. Um, we have uh, reoccurring donors, which are key to our success. If we didn't have reoccurring donors, we would it, it we wouldn't be in a good spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we also do the uh, fundraising as well. Um, we get a lot of help with that from being libertarian, and that's just from mm-hmm. uh, sharing on their page mm-hmm. because they have so many followers. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's really most of our uh, crowdfunding is done through uh, social media. Now it's we're on Facebook, Twitter, Mind, MeWe. I mean, if it's if it's if there's a social media platform out there, we're on it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even name all of them off. Mm-hmm. I was actually really surprised um, in a good way that uh, your Facebook following is massive. You know, I thought, you know, I, I think I, I saw you on MeWe. I follow you on Twitter, but I, I kind of like more or less left Facebook and I don't do anything new. And so I, I, I didn't really pay attention. But then I recently saw a post that you shared or something and it had like 30,000 likes on it or something I'm like, holy crap, you know. So, I mean, you have a massive following. Yeah, our uh, our meme game is uh, quite strong. I <laughs> yeah. cannot take any credit for that. I I haven't made a BIA meme in I don't know how long. They've been doing all that. Yeah, you never it. never underestimate the power of memes. I mean, you would. Oh, no. <laughs> memes make the world go round. They that's right. They sure do. Um, so I guess kind of circling back to the beginning, you know, and I, I think it was probably Logan's idea. What, why did you decide you needed to go the 501c3 route? What, at what point, what, what challenge did you come up against or what were you trying to solve that the 501c3 sounded like a good option? Well, uh, because we eventually, uh, we want to get to a point where we rival like the Red Cross. Um, is it, is it a big dream? Yeah, very mm-hmm. big dream. They're huge, uh, but there's actually a reason for that, and that's because as far as nonprofits go, their records are not great. Um, and we we try to uh, show that there is a not a better way to be a nonprofit, but to uh, be a nonprofit that's not a money making machine. And we wanted to get to that level and show that it could be done but in order to do that you you need grants uh which in order to go through that route you need 501c3 and so uh-huh. that was part of it uh-huh. um now we haven't been super successful on the on the grant um route yet uh but you know maybe one day it'll come uh-huh. so well, i like it i like the the big audacious goal that uh <laughs> Yeah, that's we're, great. We we try to be realistic about it. Now, I do think I have a uh, a, a screenshot somewhere between me and Logan that said if we w- once we got to a million dollars in donations uh, received and distributed, we're going to get VIA tattoos. But he acts like that screenshot doesn't exist. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That'd be a big ask for me. I'm I'm probably one of the few people my age these days who still has no tattoos. So. Uh, yeah yeah I'm, I'm the real i'm the real rebel these days you know i mean have at it tattoo free and proud yeah uh yeah so i guess so that was it seemed like because you've got a, a big goal in mind and it seemed like in order to achieve it you know you had to kind of put this 501c3 it gives you a you know air of credibility and legitimacy 
um, I guess. And, and Logan, I guess, is the one that, uh, how long did that take? That seems like an arduous process. Do you know? Oh, I want to say somewhere around a year. And then it gets approved. Like it takes a while to actually get the approval back, doesn't it? Or depending yeah. on. Yeah, you've got to apply for it. You got to have records, uh, all that kind of fun stuff. It's there's definitely a decent amount of paperwork involved. I'm glad I didn't have to do it. Right. Yeah. Hats off to Logan. I yeah. give his props for their due. Do you find um, having you know people in various positions? Um, obviously, you know you know each other. You're working for a common goal, but um, you know the the saying that too many cooks spoil the broth kind of thing you find it's hard to keep everybody on the same page or on the same goal or do you find people maybe some of the ones that have left before thought oh they wanted to take it this direction but y'all wanted to do something else and how have you made yeah. your personnel challenges uh we haven't had our only real personnel challenge has been uh retaining people now the ones that we have now um most of them have been with us for over a year or more. Mm -hmm. um, the the Perrys have been there basically from the beginning. Callie's been there basically from the beginning. Same with DJ. Uh, recently, we picked up uh, a new gentleman. Um, his name is Jim. He is awesome. Uh, he does. He did a lot of the uh, behind the scenes drop shipping, making orders for folks um, on this last baby uh campaign um he's one of our project managers uh we also have another gentleman in new orleans his name is david mm -hmm. he's our it guy mm -hmm. oh this man just wrote us a new server for our, our uh to manage our website uh i didn't even know it was possible and that's that's the kind of people we've been attracting and funny enough uh i believe david we attracted him from the tom woods uh podcast that we had with him not too long ago so it's funny how all that works yeah yeah um then tell me a little bit more about um this homeschooling initiative you've got going on right now so uh how how can uh people find you and and uh what's going on with the homeschooling initiative well um we've been raising money to help out uh parents that are decided to homeschool their kids i believe what was it this year two million less kids uh enrolled in the public school system um and so we we're trying to help out with that this is actually an a, uh, annual fundraiser that we do every year um and we're buying uh, whether it be just basic school supplies uh for kids or parents that need whole homeschooling kits uh, we've purchased a few of those um, I believe we purchased a few laptops to send out uh, as well. Um, and so that's that's really the big way that we've been trying to help out uh, parents that have decided to homeschool this year. Um, that and I, I want to say, because Sarah runs our education uh, fundraiser. She's amazing at it. She does it every year. I want to say we're we're providing also uh, tips and tricks for new homeschooling parents. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I, that's the one thing that I'm a little bit unsure of, but I'm pretty I'm pretty sure she's got that under covers or uh, handled as well. But yeah, that's that's what we're actually running now. 
Um, it's a little bit late in the year. Uh, a lot of folks have already started going back to school uh, here in Georgia. They go back at the beginning of August. Um, but we had actually more success off of the baby fundraiser than we were expecting. So we had to catch up a little bit on that uh, before we started off this, this other fundraiser. But it's, it's, it's been awesome. Um, I think we've probably already helped 20, 20 families or so already this year. Uh, and that's always, you know, folks, they'll go to the website, viaaction.org. Uh, that's viaaction.org, I should say. Um, go to the website, go to the education uh, drive. You can donate or you can apply for it. You just a simple form, fill it out, send in the info, and we'll get back to you. So when you got the, when when you decide on these causes, whether it's the the formula or the the mothers and everything or the homeschooling, and you put up the fundraiser, I mean, have you pre bought anything or do you just wait and see how much money you get? So like right now, I saw on your homeschooling fundraiser, you've got like at least on Facebook a five thousand dollar goal. I mean, right. hopefully you'll hit it, but right now you're only at eight hundred dollars. So what yeah, happens if the, the five thousand dollar goal, maybe only a thousand dollars comes in? or vice versa. You set a $5,000 goal and oops, it's just way more successful. We got a lot more shares than we expected. How do you handle that? Like, have you ever had a, 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 a case where, you know, we're trying to fund this and like people just really aren't interested and not, not donating? How do you handle that? No, uh, now that is part of what uh, Logan handles more so than I do. But the, when we first started, that was a real issue that we had because we didn't really have, we didn't have money. It, we, we had a website, we had uh, a means of creating fundraisers, but we didn't have money. So we had to wait until the funds would actually come in. And at this time we had issues with a Facebook fundraiser because they would wait almost a month or so. But it got to it's gotten to a point over the years where we have uh, money in our coffers that we are able to go ahead and purchase things. And then when the actual fundraiser comes in or the money actually gets to our account, uh, we've already purchased a lot of it um, and we'll either hold on to it for the next uh, fundraiser for reserves or um, we'll find another project that needs to be uh, taken care of. So it's gotten a lot easier since we've gotten re reoccurring donors. Um, but yeah, sometimes it is kind of tough when you have a like this education fundraiser. Uh, you're wanting to raise more. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, uh, some fundraisers, folks like more than others. Right, uh, yeah. It's kind of the reality of it. And that's one thing that we always got to keep in mind whenever we're picking these fundraisers. Because we never want to, we don't want to pick one that's, just not going to be successful um but at the same time we try to help we try to spread the help as much as we can yeah yeah and i think that's something that would probably trip me up uh in the beginning when i'm thinking like logistically and you know especially at the beginning where you, you everybody this is a part-time job or, or kind of a side job like nobody's really being paid from this so I think that's a challenge when you're trying to get an organization up and off the ground and you're not bringing any money in, but Hey, maybe we've only got some, you know, like my pockets aren't deep. I can't really dip into my own coffers to dump a, too much into this organization. So how do you manage both the time and the money component for getting a new organization off the ground? Do you have any tips for that? 
Oh. Well, you can see the uh, the Chateau Lamont of where, where <laughs> I stay. <laughs> I mean, when it comes to money, I don't. I wish I knew more about it. But um, no, all I can say is really, if you want something, if you want to do something, just keep driving. And that's you just got to keep trying. You can't give up. Um, we've gotten very lucky uh, in the fact of, of some of the, the folks that we've brought on have been absolutely um ideal for us uh and i want to give more credit to the team that we've had um they've they've really helped us get as far as we have um yeah and all i could say is just is keep driving because i mean the the money aspect there's not there's not much you can do about that uh, you can, unless you've got super deep pockets, you, you've got to get creative. Yeah, you got to get creative and find a way to just keep driving. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you've got good support from your wife, you know, because oh yeah, and you've got two young children too. So yeah. you work your you work your normal day job, and then you get home, and then you know, are you working on this every night? How often are you putting into it? Is your wife mad at you that you're? paying not as not enough attention to her and the kids or tell me about no, that. My, my kids actually get involved. Uh, oh, that's great. We had, we had a, um, oh, it was a year or two ago, uh, a couple of us, uh, one, uh, one member that's, I don't believe with the team anymore. Her name was, was Sam. Uh, we got together in here in Macon, Georgia and did like a, a homeless drive with somebody that I was working with at the time. Uh, we were given out, you know, uh like sanitary bags uh just with like toothbrush toothpaste hair you know just things for them to clean themselves up um and my kids my kids and my wife are there uh so that they get involved um in fact she was uh my wife was bugging me the other day saying why aren't we taking school supplies for the teachers for the girls school so yeah it's they've been a big help having that kind of support um if I didn't have it, I don't know if I'd have gotten this far. Um, now, as far as how much time do I put in, uh, on, it's not it's not every night uh, that we're doing something for VIA. Uh, sometimes it's it could be as simple as you know some somebody's got to share uh, the fundraiser real quick on the page, uh, which we do a lot of that through stuff through scheduling now. Um, I would say we are at our busiest right after a fundraiser or a campaign is finished uh usually stays pretty stacked for a couple weeks after that um and during those times you might be putting in you know 30 minutes to an hour uh whether that be drop shipping supplies to families or um talking to other organizations on the ground after a disaster but it's it's um it's a part it's a part-time gig that pays and free dopamine highs that's i mean and that's what everybody on the team they they love that we all love helping people uh it and it's something that we've all i believe all of us have passed on to our kids well and i think for you it's a little bit personal too because part of the way that you got involved was because through the Being Libertarian group, um, you were a recipient at one point of some people's charity and generosity. Why don't you tell us about that a little? 
yeah, when my um my youngest daughter, she's four now. Uh, when she was born, she was born with clubfoot. Uh, which if you don't know what clubfoot is, it means that her feet are turned like little pinball machines. So if you can imagine trying to change the diaper on a pinball machine. <laughs> um, Twitter Rose. What's wrong? Okay, I'll go. I'll go. I'll be out. I'm not sure where she's at. I'm sorry. That's okay. Love you. You can edit, right? Yeah, that's fine. I'll probably keep it in. She uh, oh, she, she heard yeah, you. She heard you talking about her. Yep, probably did. Mm-hmm. Um, but she uh, when she was born, yeah, she had pinball uh, uh pinball machine pads for feet, and so uh, I didn't know it, but. I had just been at Being Libertarian for, I'd say, about six months or so, under a year. Uh, and unbeknownst to me, they had shared a uh, GoFundMe that my wife and I had started. Um, and we had started it thinking, you know, family, maybe friends would help us out a little bit because we knew we were going to have to be traveling uh, to get her feet done. Um, and they shared it uh on the VIA page and on being libertarian and they helped us raise $10,000. Wow. Um, and that went directly to my, uh, my daughter having surgery and getting her feet fixed, which you saw her walk in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, <laughs> it's, I promise you that's a miracle that that happened. Um, and that, that was, that really right there opened my eyes to what, charity and voluntarianism can do yeah um, i can remember sitting there looking at the gofundme and scrolling through the comments and seeing the taxation is theft comments on there mm-hmm. hundreds of them hundreds of them i it brought a tear to my eye i'm not gonna lie yeah i would probably be pretty moved by that too um people's generosity and kindness and especially in the, the day and age we live in today where it just seems like everybody is at each other's throats and there's so much animosity. And, um, I think it's a great way, like you said, voluntarism in action, because one of the, um, sort of objections to libertarianism is that we're all selfish. No man is an Island and everything. And I, I, I don't, these people just don't understand. Um, but to an extent, yeah, up until maybe what you guys were doing and some certain other groups in the libertarian world, yeah, they, we weren't really walking the walk. We weren't doing that. And um, because it's true, no man is an island. You needed a hand up or help, you know. And so you understand the value of coming together to support one another so that we don't have to turn to the government and the state to do so because, A, you know, it's far less cost effective. B, there's always strings attached. Uh, C, it's none of their damn business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and so putting this into action is, um, I, I love it. I love that you guys are, uh, you know, putting your money where your mouth is, quite literally, about um, living your libertarian values and principles and trying to encourage others to do so. You know, if you, I think I was inspired briefly too um, by Li- Liberty Memes and their do- Dollar Charity Club or their $5 Charity Club. And yeah. so I was actually going to start my own. I was going to start my own, just I called it Dollar Charity Club. I had my own website up. And um, for me, this is kind of like a, my show is uh, 
I think a bit of projection because I'm the one that I've got all these great ideas and I'll even start them. I'll even get them off the ground. But then my problem is, is I, I get, I hit my first challenge or my first roadblock or obstacle. And then I'm like, Oh, well, I guess I don't, I don't know how to solve it. So I guess this isn't a good idea. So I started dollar charity club and I was like, promoting it and like the Tom Woods group and the Tom Woods show elite with some of the other libertarians. And I thought, yeah, this is going to be great. And it was really hard to get people to, I thought, yeah, they're libertarians. They're going to want to donate. They're going to want to be involved in this. That wasn't the case. It was really hard to get any interest and get any traction. And so I kind of was like, eh, I mean, I, I gave up because I, I mean, I probably could have put the effort in to make it something, but it was a little bit of a disappointment, first of all, to think that, oh, okay, well, nobody, you know, nobody's actually going to live up to their values here. Um, but it was also me um, not being probably gritty enough to overcome and, and power through some of those obstacles and those challenges. So I like to have these conversations with other people who have done it, A, for my own benefit, mostly, uh, but B, for anybody else who's out there who is all might have an idea and has no idea how to make that idea a reality. So right. I try, you know, I try and get a little meta and a little detailed about um, how to how to go about it because uh, to me that can be an obstacle. You're like, well, I want to do this, but I don't know how I don't know how to start a five hundred one c three. Do I need employees? What happens with the money, et cetera? And trying to put it all together to, to a lot of people, it just will stop them before they ever get started. No, no, I, I understand. And that's that's one thing that's been nice for us because it hasn't been tossed on any one person's shoulders, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, given us the ability to not, not hand off the ball to somebody else, but to say, hey, look, I need help. You, you are better at this kind of thing than I am. Could you help me out with this? Um, and that's where Logan and I have had so much success because he knows what he's good at. I know what I'm good at. And not only that, we know what our team is good at. And so we play to everybody's uh, strengths and we try not to – Logan has always said, I never want to be in front of the camera. <laughs> you will not see him on a podcast. I promise you. <laughs> Tom Woods one was a special one. Oh well, of, know, co- of course. When Tom Woods asks, <laughs> right, right. Um, and so that that helps us out a lot, and has gotten us to the successful point that we are now. Mm-hmm. Um, we would like to get further. Uh, we're going to grow more um, along the way. Uh, there's definitely going to be some challenges that we're going to have. Um, and we, we face them all the time. Uh, it's, it's a challenge to figure out what people are willing to let go of their money for. Um, and that's not like, I completely get that. Mm-hmm. I work hard for my money. Mm-hmm. I'm not about to just give it away to somebody that if I, if I can't trust you, if I, uh, can't believe that you're actually going to do what you what you're going to say. Like I, I get that. And so, yeah, sometimes it is hard to um, be successful with a lot of these fundraisers. For example, the one that uh, the education one that we're having right now. Um, And that's where we try to uh, 
strategize for those kind of not not failures but um downfalls mm-hmm. uh and that's where some of the budgeting and planning uh it comes into play and so what i would say is if if a group is trying to um start their own organization or if you're you're just trying to help um play to your strengths find find other people to help you play to theirs know what your weaknesses are and uh just keep trying just keep driving um now i will say as far as a mug club goes that's going to be hard to replicate liberty memes did great with that yeah <laughs> yeah they did a great job yeah uh, i wish i could have I wish our VIA community would have been as good as the uh, Liberty Memes Mug Club. Um, and that's, you know, sometimes you try to emulate others. Yeah, yeah. Because the respect you have for them. Right, absolutely. And I thought, well, I can do this too. And uh, I pr- again, I probably could have, but uh, I just didn't have the grit to, to see it through after my, my initial disappointment that not everybody was just throwing money at me, even though they were like-minded people. I thought, okay, because yeah. I'm going to my like-minded people, you know, volunteerism, yes, Liberty, we're going to walk the walk and everything, uh, be the change you want to see. And it was like, you know, very difficult. I've seen it happen. <laughs> I've seen it happen. I've shared VIA uh, fundraisers within or within um, just different Liberty groups and get nothing. And it's yeah. like, here's a this is like a nonprofit that's based around your ideals. Like, right? <laughs> if you want somewhere to send your money, we'd be a really good spot. Right. Yeah. So, um, I just want to we'll start to wrap up a little bit. But one thing I asked all my guests ask all my guests kind of like I did in the, uh, the Tom Woods, uh, mini interview I did with him, my man on the street with him. I'm trying to answer the question where you've got a lot of big, big issues happening in our world right now. Um, even before all this, I mean, there was always challenges and, uh, things like that. So what can we do to make the world a better place to fight back against the tyranny, these global overlords, whatever you see as um, our biggest obstacles to uh, living a more free life? What can we be doing? Uh, I personally believe one of our biggest issues right now is the culture. Um, it, it, it drives a lot of the things that are happening uh, in government right now. Um on an individual basis, I, I'd say do whatever you can to help whoever you can in any way that you can. Uh, the smallest thing can actually have the biggest impact. Uh, helping somebody put their grocery cart up when you know they've got three kids they're trying to throw in the minivan. Hey, look, I can grab that for you. I'm on the way already. Or uh, helping your neighbor out with something. Um, other people see that. And it's kind of like that contagious smile. Uh, it, it, it a lot of times it works out the same way. Um, if we were all, I don't want to just say the cliche thing of like, if we were all nicer to each other, like I, this isn't a, a John Lennon Imagine song, but in some ways it, it kind of can be. Um, we have to change the culture have to stop making stop shaming those that are reaching out for help uh 
be the actual change that you want to see in your community because that's where that's the spot that the individual can make the biggest impact is in their local community. Yeah. That's in my opinion. Well, I've, I've got something cooking in the background that I think I'm going to do locally, but I've, I'm not going to be able to pull it off until next year. So uh, stay tuned. Ooh, a little teaser there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, because I agree. I think local, that's your circle of influence right there. We can't, we can't fix Klaus Schwab. We can't take on Bill Gates. That's not going to happen, unfortunately. Even though we know they're the evil villains and all this, there's literally nothing we can do to fight back against them. And so the only thing we can do is have an influence in our own, you know, family, with our own friends group, within our own community. And, um, yeah, try and influence just our neighbors, our coworkers, our friends, our family, et cetera. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, where can people, I know you mentioned a little bit before, but uh, where can people find you? Where can people donate? How can people help uh, volunteerism in action? Uh, we are on every social media platform that's out there. Um, so if you what, what, pick your favorite one, I promise you we are on it. Uh, as far as all the different types of names, I couldn't read them off to you off the top of my head. I know uh, Twitter where act voluntarily uh facebook it's voluntarianism in action our website is viaction.org um there you can see all of our different uh programs uh the fundraisers that we're raising how much we've raised that golden seal that we mentioned earlier uh on facebook is where we do a majority of our fundraising um you can also join the via community that i mentioned earlier a uh, big shout out to them because that's where a lot of our uh, reoccurring donate donors are. Um, yeah, I, I think that's uh, I think that's everything. Perfect, Justin. Thank you so much for taking your time uh, and and uh, out of your schedule and family life and everything to uh, talk to me and being so detailed and thorough about uh, telling us about how you grew uh, volunteerism in action to be uh, such a, a wonderful, much needed, um, valuable service. And um, I really appreciate what you guys are doing. And um, I'll uh, chip into that uh, homeschool fundraiser so that I can also live my values and everything um, and help you guys out. But um, thank you so much. And uh, we'll look forward to speaking to you again. Yeah, me too. I'd love to. Perfect. All right. Thank thanks, Justin. Uh-huh. Bye-bye.